Amazing. So let's give it up for Ellie. Didn't she do well? For uh, how many weeks are you? 35 weeks still serving in church, still here early, worship leading, and then cheering the service. That's amazing. Hey, fantastic to have you here in church this morning. What I want you to do is all stand to your feet, and you're all going to take... Uh, now, actually, what I'm going to do is those who are in the back two rows are going to come, and they're going to sit in the front two rows. Ah, yes, 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 because, because... There's a reason we put black curtains on the back. It's because I want to see your beautiful faces, and I can't see them when they're way up the back. The rest, you can just kind of give your neighbor a high five and congratulate yourself that you sat in the middle, uh, not in the back. Uh, well done. All righty. Grab a seat. Awesome. And if you can't, oh, you can squeeze in. You can snuggle in. I don't spit too much when I preach. You can grab a seat. The front row, no one wants to go to the front row. Come on, come on, you can, you can. Good work, well done. Awesome, come on. All right, so good to be in church this morning. Hey, we're in a, we're in a new series. It's called The One and Others. And um, actually, it's not that new. We've had two weeks already. This is week three. And uh, last week, we talked about loving one another. And uh, the great thing about this series is that we've tied it in with our e-groups. So e-groups are our midweek groups. And uh, so every week you can go along to them. And you can watch a, a video, Pastor Sam Monk and, and Pastor Jordan Smith, who's coming here in a couple of weeks. They, are, uh, they are talk for about 10 minutes or so, and then we discuss that stuff. Uh, and, and I love e-groups because it helps you apply what you hear on a Sunday to your world. How many of you know that we're called to not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word? Yeah, okay. You agree with that, church? Yeah, awesome. Because uh, it's true. And, and e-groups help us to, to kind of put, put it into our lives. Because it's not just a thing we hear on Sunday. Because how many of you know it can be easy to just kind of let that wash over you on a Sunday and then get back into the real world. But if you're meeting somewhere in the middle of the week, you're like, a, there's a reminder. But there's also a chance to unpack it and go, oh. How does this look for me? How do I love one another in my workplace? How do I love one another in my family? How do I apply what we've been talking about? And I, you know, I preached the sermon last week, and I was getting stuff in e-group out of it. I was like, oh, wow, just the way Jesus loved me. That's how I'm to love other people. You know, Jesus, you went to the cross, you... You are loving people who are hating on you right up to the moment you die. Man, when, when, when people are nasty to me, I'm, I'm just like, oh, well, God, you deal with them. No, I don't want to have anything more to do with them. But no, Jesus was like, he was loving them. Father, forgive them for they know what, not what they do. He was right. And that just, that just spoke to me in e-group on the Wednesday, even after I'd done all my sermon prep and preached a sermon on it, God was still speaking to me in that space. I encourage you, get along to e-groups because... Uh, they tie in with the series and, and they'll help. And also there's, there's just that, that hanging out, praying for one another. There's something powerful when we pray for one another. We love one another in that way. So I encourage you, if you want to know more about e-groups, we've got five at the moment um, and going to be more soon. So uh, it's going to be awesome. Cool. So today we're building on that and we're talking about serving one another. Serve one another. So I'm going to dive straight in with a, with a scripture. If you want to look to the screen, it's Galatians 5, 13. It says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, 
Use your freedom to serve one another in love. Don't use your freedom just for yourself. We're free in Jesus. That's amazing. We have this incredible freedom in Christ. But we're called to not just use that freedom for ourselves. Don't just use it for your own selfish ends. We have freedom for what? For serving one another. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. It's pretty clear, isn't it? The freedom you found in Jesus, it's not just for you. It's actually so you can serve others. 1 Peter 4, 8. I'm going to give you another scripture. I'm just going to hit them. 1 Peter 4, 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So it says above all. So that means kind of, it's really important. Above everything else, love each other deeply. That's, that's the gospel, really. That's so clear. Above everything else, we, we love. And then it says offer hospitality without grumbling. So yes, you do have to have someone around for lunch after church without whinging about it. No, no. God says we're to show hospitality without grumbling, to do it cheerfully. And each of you should use whatever gift you've been given. Now, I just want to stop there. Whatever gift you've been given. Some of us think, oh, I haven't really got any gifts. No, you have. We all have been given gifts. It's why people pay you to do your job. It's because you have a gift in it. Yeah, you haven't realized that actually you, you, you are gifted. Some of us are gifted in engineering, some of us in medical field, some of us in teaching, some of us in various other. But there's also spiritual gifts. Some of us are gifted in, in the prophetic or in, uh, in healing or, or encouraging one another. There are numerous gifts and you have some. Each and every one of you have some. And God's saying here, you need to use them. Not just to get your paycheck. Not, not just for your own ends. Use your gift, whatever gift you have, to what? Serve one another. To benefit others. That's a whole new way of thinking. It means your gift is not just for yourself. Now that, that gift has been given to you for a couple of reasons. Firstly, to give glory to God. But secondly, to serve those around you. It's a, and it's a gift you receive. You think, oh, I worked hard. Yes, you had to apply yourself to develop that gift, but it's still a gift by the grace of God. And we need to use that gift to serve one another. I don't know about you. I want to be in a community that everybody is using their gifts to serve each other. Would you like to be part of that community? Yeah, it's called the church. And it's what we are called to do, to serve one another with the gifts that we've been given. Most of us would want to be on the receiving end of that, wouldn't we? Yeah. Unfortunately, we often think of, you know, the church as an institution. We think, oh, you know, the church needs to do this, or the, the church needs to look out for these people, or the church doesn't care for me. When, if we actually stopped and realized the church is you and I. The church is the one another's that we are to each other. And so we actually need to be 
loving one another, serving one another. Because if, if someone has, has served you in some way and they're from, if they're a Christian, then, then that's the church serving you. That's the church reaching you because we are the church. Because we often look to the structure or the, or the institution of church to love people and to look out for people. No, the church doesn't love people. People love people. And you and I are those people. We are the church. So we need to realize actually that if the church is to be all it can be, everybody needs to be serving. We need to all be mobilized. Too often in church, it's like 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. And, and that's got to change if we're to reach our world, if we're to be the church that God's called us to be. Every believer needs to be mobilized, needs to realize, actually, I am the church. I can't just rely on some institution, some name. No, I have to serve. I have to be involved. I think it would be remiss if we didn't look at kind of the key passage about service and the amazing example that Jesus gives us and how to serve one another. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn John 13. It's found uh, starting in verse 1. John 13, it's a long passage, but bear with me, I'll read it out to you. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Just a bit of setting for you. Jesus knew the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his, his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you for this amazing passage and, and your amazing challenge to us, God. And I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us this morning. We have open hearts to hear what you would say to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. I find it fascinating Jesus' reasons for washing his disciples' feet. And you go, well, how do we know what his reasons are? Well, it all hinges on this one wee word, one two little word, two little word, it's so. In verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God, so. So he takes up a towel and washes 
his disciples' feet. I think there must have been a typo somewhere here. I think the two words that actually should be in there are, despite this, Jesus washed their feet. You see, in spite of Jesus' power, in spite of his birthright, in spite of his returning, coming glory, uh, his disciples were, were served in that way. It should be in spite of who he is, because that's basically describing the, the, the Godhead there, the power. Jesus knew his Father. He knew who he was. He knew all things were under him, and that he'd come from God. He knew where he was from, and he knew where he was going. And not in spite of that, but because of that, he served in that way. Because of who he was, he laid down his life. That's incredible. And that is a challenge for us. Because we are, if you're a Christian here today, you have been given his authority. You have been given his power. You are his child. You know where you come from and you know where you are going. And because of that, you and I are called to be bosses in the world. Is that what it says? No. It says because of that, we are called to serve. Because of who we are in God. Remember that scripture I led with at the start, to use your freedom, the freedom you have in Christ, all that you have in God, because of that, you serve. Because of that, you serve. We need to get that in our hearts because I think too often we think, oh, because I'm saved, I get a sweet life. Because I've got all these things in Christ, I'm going to be blessed. And that's true, you will be. But actually, A higher truth is because of all the things that you've been given in God, you now have a mandate to serve those around you, to lay down your life for those you come into contact with. Let's let's be honest. If anyone has any right to be served, if anyone had any expectation that they should have others wash their feet and do things for them, it was Jesus, right? The God come to earth, Almighty, all-powerful, in a human form. People should have been bowing down and washing his feet and, and doing everything for him. And yet, here he is, washing his disciples' feet. We, we've got to understand what that means in that context. Because, you know, for me to wash your feet wouldn't be such a big deal, because most of you shower. Um, yeah, yeah, you're pretty good. Uh, and, 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 you know... Back in the day, they didn't have paved roads. It was all dust and mud and donkey poo and other excrement, probably. Uh, and it was all mixed together. And they wore open-toed shoes. And so they'd come to this house. And normally, the role of the lowest servant in the house was to wash any guest's feet. So when they came in, they would have their feet washed by the lowest servant in the house. Now, for some reason, the family here had been a bit remiss, and that hadn't happened. And so Jesus, he's taking on the role of the lowest servant of the house, and he's getting down there amongst the poo and the smell, and he's washing their feet. It would be kind of like you have Jacinda Ardern round to your house, and she's like, I'd really like to wash to clean your toilet for you. Is that okay? Is it okay if I just go clean your toilet? 
Uh, that would be kind of how it would be if we were to put it in modern day context. Except it would be far greater than that because Jesus, you know, Jacinda Ardern doesn't have anything on Jesus. She's cool and all that. But Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, doing such a thing. It's hard to translate that into our modern world. But you get the idea. The greatest becomes the least. And then we have this funny interaction with Peter. Good old Peter. He's a bit impulsive and unthinking, and he kind of insists that, oh, Jesus, if you're going to wash my feet, you're going to wash all of me. And, uh, and then Jesus asks, do you understand what I've done for you? It's a rhetorical question because I've got no idea. They're a bit dim, these uh, disciples. And they're like, no, probably they're thinking, no, not really, Jesus. This seems a bit odd. But um, Jesus explains. He says, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. That's how anyone who has any position of authority should act, to serve one another. Now, sometimes we in Christian circles, we like to take things very literally and we love to have foot washing ceremonies, and that's cool. If you feel led to do that, that's fine. But I think a far more practical application for this is actually just doing acts of service for one another. And they can be menial acts of service. They can be low. I mean, this is about as low as you can get. But just helping people in any way you can. Can, can, can I you know, help tidy your house up? Can I clean your car? Can I make a meal for you? Can I use my gifts, whatever it is, to serve you in some way because maybe you don't have those gifts? That is what we are called to do. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying in whatever way you can serve one another. Lay down your life by doing menial stuff. Yay, the glorious Christian life. Just go and clean your neighbor's car. Just go and do something kind for someone. And then it says, verse 16, Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. He's just putting them in their place. Because he knows, I don't, we don't know the exact timeline here because this is in the book John, but in, in some of the other gospels, a couple of the disciples are coming to Jesus going, Hey Jesus, can we sit at your left and right? Uh, and when you're in glory, can we have like prime position, the seats either side? Because, you know, he knows human nature. He knows we just want secretly, perhaps, or not so secretly for some of the disciples. We want positions of honor. We want to be recognized. We want people to, to know us and to, 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 you know, encourage us and attribute good things to us. And so we kind of, he knows that about us. And he's saying, no, no, no servant is above their master. Jesus is our master. And if he does that, if he comes from there to there, then what must we do? We need to stop dreaming of our own greatness and just start serving like Jesus. And then in, in, in verse 17, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. There's a promise with it as well. That's good. Way. Who wants to be blessed? Oh, the rest of you are lying. Who wants to be blessed? Yeah, of course we all want to be blessed. 
But he says here, if you do these things, you will be blessed. Now who wants to be blessed? Yeah, well, get serving. That's what, that's what God is saying. Start washing each other's feet. Start laying down your lives in service. Some of you may have actually, you know, you may be thinking, oh, I know this stuff. This is not new. I've read this passage. Uh, serving one another. Yep, tick. You've got that. No, no, open your heart a bit more because there's another degree that we can all go to. There's another, there's another place that we need to actually stretch into in this. And actually, I, I believe in, in 2019 and in this year, we as a church, we need to stretch. And I think a great way for us to stretch is in service. Because without stretching, we don't grow. Without stretching, you, you never know quite what you're capable of. You don't know quite what's possible. And without stretching, we become inflexible. I'm a physio, I know. Uh, yeah, it's true. We become religious. We become caught up in our own, oh, I've always done it this way. And we get an inflexible posture and we can't be shifted and changed. No, as, as Christians, we need to be humble and open to being changed. We need to be open to being stretched by God. Let's not get stuck. Because the Christian life is about growing and moving forward. And the thing that, that's grown you to this place won't necessarily be the thing that grows you further. You know, because you can, you can have a good habit, but if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, the same way, how many you know that gets a bit old and a bit tired and you plateau? I, I, I love cycling and I'm... Um, I've decided I'm going to race in the winter series, uh, and I have to get fit for it. But I know that when I train, if I just keep doing the same rides, just the same kind of loop at the same kind of speed, I'm not going to actually get any better. I need to mix it up. I need to throw in some intervals. I need to do some hard stuff. And all the cyclists out there are going, yeah, woo. But the rest of you are like, I don't care about your cycling day. Shut up. Uh, it's fine. You have to, I've got the microphone. Um, but... But there's a point. There's a point. The thing is, we don't change unless we change the way we approach things. We don't stretch and grow unless we change up things in our lives. Maybe your relationship. You've got, you know, you've got some good things in place. You've got a, a date night every week. You do a date night every week, and that's a good habit. But you're still arguing about the same stuff. You're still stuck in the same ruts. You know, sometimes we just need to change things. So maybe it's in church. You come to church every week, but, but actually you've, you've got a bit stuck. You need to open your heart. You need to stretch a bit. Maybe you, you're in a small group and an e-group, and that's great, but, you know, you've been in that for a few years, and, and you're still the same boring person you were a few years ago. Maybe you just need to change some stuff up. I'm not talking to anyone well, in particular. <laughs> now you're all thinking, is he talking about me? I want you to, let's do something practical. Stand your feet. Stand your feet. Everybody stand your feet. Okay, this is like intermission. Okay. Uh, all right, I want you to all put your hands as high as you can in the air. As high as you can. Awesome. That's good. Hold them there. Okay, now I want you to give me another two inches. Everybody, another two inches. Hey, look at that. Awesome. Okay, you can grab your seats. I don't know if you could see around you, but I, you all thought you were reaching as, as high as you could. And then I said, give another two inches. And across the board, I just saw everybody go, boom, a little bit more. You see, we don't know the capacity that we have until we're asked to stretch a little further, to go a little further. And I think 
there's another two inches in our, in our capacity. There's, there's more for us. There's more potential than we know if we're just prepared to stretch a little. There's a phrase that's come from the Bible. It's called going the extra mile. You might have heard of it. In Matthew 5, 41, it says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Now, the, the idea of, of going an extra mile is actually it's peculiar to this time and place because back in the day, actually, New Living Translation puts it like this. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. So in Roman-occupied Israel, it was law. If a soldier asked you to carry his gear, you had to. If you're just a citizen of Israel, you had to take up his gear and you had to carry it at least a mile. And it must be so galling to be a to be a citizen of this nation and to have some oppressor come and say, I'll oh, just carry my stuff for me, will you? Just be a porter for me. That must have really grinded their gears, you know, really got, got them going in their teeth. But the thing is, when it comes to, to stretching a little bit, sometimes that's what it takes. We feel like we're at capacity and then actually we just need to go another mile. And, and I love how the, the message translation puts it. It says, and I think we can put this on screen, and if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. Oh, wow. I love the Bible. I love it when they put it in translations like that that make it applicable to me. Because how many of you know if someone's taking unfair advantage of you, what do you want to do? Oh, come on. You're all too nice. I know what you want to do. You want to show, shove it in their face. You want to be like, nah, ah, ah, that ain't happening to me. I've got my rights, thank you very much. And you're not going to do that to me. Yeah? Is that just me? Oh, uh, okay. I'm the only sinner in the room, but uh, the rest of you are lying. Um, we, we don't like that, do we? We want to show them. We want to prove them. And, and here, here it is. If someone does that, see it as an opportunity to practice the servant life. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, no, I would love to do that for you. In fact, let me do something more. Hmm, yes. Oh, that, that hurts. <laughs> wow, but that's what God calls of us. I'm sorry, this is a hard sermon today. Uh, to, to go the other mile is to actually to practice the servant life, to stretch a little bit further, to give a little bit more, even when we think we're at capacity. Because we all think we're at capacity. We all think we have busy lives. Everybody tells you, how's your eyes busy? Oh, yeah, I had this. You know, we all think we're busy. If we're, if we're honest, there's, there's capacity there. And the kingdom of God, the way it grows is, is when we give it away. When we go outside of ourselves, when we step out in faith. Too many of us, we, we come to church and we're fed and then we don't take that nourishment and use it. We don't apply the words that are spoken. We need to, we need, the, the Word of God should provoke us to change. And from that place, we should grow and, and stretch because we're called not to be just hearers of the Word, but doers. So there needs to be a shift in our heart because that's how we become more like Jesus. Our greatest goal has got to be to become more like Him. And that's the way the kingdom grows, is when we become more like Jesus, 
the kingdom is established because we are, we are reaching our world. We are serving. We are loving those around us. Whatever you want in life, sometimes actually you need to give it away. That's how the kingdom grows is when we give it away. Um, Proverbs 11, 25 says it like this. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. This is a, this is a key verse because maybe you're thinking, oh, all I need at the moment is a holiday. What I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm stretched at the moment. I need a break. And actually what God would say is, yeah, you need to serve some other people. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. You actually need to put yourself in an environment where you're regularly serving others. Now, I recognize that sometimes there is a place for us to have some time out. There is a place for us to have a break. You know, Jesus took some time out and he went up the mountain and he prayed and he had some space. And uh, I'm not saying don't do that and drive yourself into the ground. But what I am saying is, come on, we need to stretch. We need to grow. And sometimes we, we don't because what we've done in the past is we've, we've stretched and we've grown and, and, and we've stretched so far we've snapped. And something's broken and, and, and we've had to be healed from that. And then we come to this place and the pastor's saying stretch and you're like, I don't want to stretch because I did that and I got hurt. And, and I don't want to do that again. I don't want to be hurt again. The problem is, though, that we are actually designed to grow. We're designed to be challenged and to stretch and grow in our faith in God. And if we don't do it in church, if we don't do it in the kingdom of God, then we, then we look for other things. There's a thing called a midlife crisis. Anybody heard of it? I reckon, I reckon a midlife crisis is, is people who, are, who should be stretching and, and pushing out the boundaries in God they're not. They just got a bit stayed and a bit stuck. And instead, they, they look for other things. They look to stretch and to, 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 to find excitement, to re-energize themselves in wrong ways, in illegitimate ways. And that's why they go out and buy a motorbike. Or uh, not there's anything wrong with motorbikes. Or they go out and have an affair. There is something wrong with affairs. Um, they, they just go out and they look for some other way to, to, to excite themselves. It's just to clarify. Um, motorbikes tick. A few years cross. Uh, but, but sometimes we think, oh, you know, I just need something new in my life. I just need, actually, what you need, you need more God. You need to press into Him. You need to stretch a little bit. And I find the greatest way that we stretch is, is when we serve one another. When we lay down our lives for others, we find that we are refreshed. Those who refresh others are themselves refreshed. I love, I love church because church is just a place, and we often say this um, uh, at Equipers, is, is that church is just a, a bunch of friends encouraging one another to go higher in God. And actually, if you think about that idea of going higher in God, it's actually about going lower. Going higher in God is also, is actually more so around serving one another more greatly. <laughs> is that topsy-turvy nature of the kingdom of God. The greater you want to be in it, the, the biggest servant we need to become. Today, I, I really want us to have some, some ministry uh, here. I'll grab um, 
keys and, and um, guitar up. Because I, I recognize that actually a lot of you might have been hurt in this idea. You've been told to stretch and to grow and to serve and, and you've done that and you've done that and you've felt burdened and you've felt broken and you've been hurt by doing that. And therefore you've kind of held that idea at arm's length. And if that's you here this morning, I, I, I really believe God wants to say, no, no, it's time. It's time to go again. It's time to grow again in this way. Because as you do that, you will be refreshed. I fully believe as you seek to serve. And it's not, can I say, it's not just in church. It's not just getting on a roster. Uh, you know, and yes, we need those. You know, we, we, we have needs in kids and worship and hosting and set up. And there are needs there. And I encourage you, yeah, get involved in the teams. But it goes beyond that. It's having a heart to go, you know what? I'm going to serve my neighbor. I'm going to help them out with that thing that I've seen them struggling with. I'm going to serve my family in this way. I'm going to serve my workmates. You know, maybe there's another act of service that you can do. In your, maybe you need to start making the coffees or cleaning up after your workmates. Or maybe, I don't know what it is. There's just little acts of service that we sometimes think we're above. We think, oh, they always leave that mess there. <laughs> oh, why do I have to always do it? And I come on, God's saying, you know, if you want to love, if you want to be my disciple, then you got to serve like I served. And I served by getting down on my knees, getting the towel out and washing my disciples' feet. Why don't you stand with, you, with me this morning? My youngest, Ida, she's 18 months, and she has this, this clothing item. It's called a stretch and grow. Anybody know what a stretch and grow is? Okay, one person. Really? Okay, well, I need to educate you. It's a New Zealand thing, obviously. It's, uh, they don't have stretch and grows in South Africa. No? Okay. Uh, they probably call them something else. I don't know. Baby grow. Oh, well. Think of a baby grow, but it's got a cooler name here. But it's a stretch and grow. And the idea is that when you stretch, you grow. And the, 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 the item of clothing, it has some given it so that it can grow. Now, I'm not saying you should all wear onesies. Please don't come to church in a onesie. Please don't. Uh, we're not having a slumber party here next week. But what you could do is just imagine, man, you, you, there's actually, God's got some bigger clothing for you to fill. He's got something for you to grow into. There's an idea here that we need to actually stretch a bit in God for us to grow. And, and I really believe, I want to pray for two groups of people this morning. Those who, who you've, you've stretched before and you've snapped and, and something's been broken and you need some healing. I want to pray for you. But also I want to pray for those who, who I think, yeah, I need to grow. Actually, I need to stretch a bit in this. I need to serve my, my brothers and sisters. I need to serve a bit more. So, so let, let's just let's pray. First of all, if you're, if you're here, and I want you to be honest with me. There's no shame in this. If you've served and you've stretched before and you've, you feel like you've been broken, you've, you've done it too hard for too long and something has broken, I just want you to raise your hand. I'm believing for healing and a, and a chance to go again. Come on. Oh, there's hands up all over the place. That's amazing. Father, I thank you. Come on, let's just, let's just press into God this morning. Father, I thank you for these faithful people who have served and stretched and grown 
And Father, somewhere along the journey, it's got hard and they've been hurt and they've been a little broken or a little uh, even abused or, or, or misused. God, I pray right now by your Holy Spirit, you would bring your healing power into their hearts. Right now by your Holy Spirit, this is a new day. Jesus, you would restore that which is broken. Lord, I pray right now they would forgive those who maybe inadvertently led them to this place. Lord, I pray that they would, they would have healing in their heart. They would have forgiveness in their heart. And God, I pray right now there would be a sense, yeah, I can go again. I can take up the plow again because Jesus, you are with me. You are, you are plowing alongside of me, God. And you say that, that your burden is, is light. That, that there is no heaviness, there is no weight when you are with me, when you are pushing alongside of me. You are taking me, you are carrying me. Father, I pray that, that these people would know your heart for them, God. And you, they would know that to grow, they need to stretch in this season. They need to stretch. And Lord, I pray that they would embrace that stretch. In Jesus' name. And now if you're here this morning and you think, yeah, no, actually, Dave, I need to stretch. I need to grow. Uh, I haven't been burnt, but I, I know that this is speaking to me. I want you to raise your hand. And I want, yeah, that's cool. Just nice and high. And let's, let's agree together in this moment that God's going to do something in our heart. Father, I thank you. You call us to grow. And Lord, we recognize that often to grow, it takes to stretch. It takes us getting out of our, our comfort zone, out of where we've known safety and security and going that little bit further, stretching that little bit higher, taking on that act of service that, that perhaps we've bypassed before. God, I pray this morning you would stir in us a heart to serve like you serve. Give us your heart, Jesus to see that no task is above us. Nothing is beyond us. If you would serve in that way, Jesus, then we are, who are we to, to refuse? God, we, we pray that we would have your heart of service. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Fantastic. Bless you guys. Bless you guys. I expect to see the roster full this month. <laughs> but seriously, uh, you know, it goes beyond church. It goes into every area of our life. We are called to serve one another. Let's just be attuned to where there are needs in our world, where there are things that we need to, to say, yeah, you know, I can do that. I can help you with that. I have a gift in that area, so I can use my gift to serve you, to bless you. Awesome. Hey, there's one more group of people I want to speak to before we close, and that's if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, this amazing Jesus who came from heaven to earth, not just to serve, but to, to lay down His life so that we may have life, we may have freedom. If you don't know Him, just with every eye closed and head bowed this morning, if you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior and you want to know Him, you desire, the, I believe there's, there's, a, there's a deep-rooted desire in every heart to know their Creator, to know God. That can begin, that journey can begin today if you choose. It's not an easy journey, I can tell you now. Jesus says that we need to lay down our lives to follow Him. But I tell you, it's the best it's the most fulfilling journey you can take. Is there anybody here just in this moment now who would raise their hand and say, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. I want to give my life to Him. Maybe it's for the first time or maybe it's a recommitment this morning. You're saying, yeah, no, I want to 
I want to follow Him again. Is there anybody here this morning that wants to do that? Okay, I'm not seeing any hands, so you can raise your eyes and look at me. I'm going to invite the, uh, the worship team back up. They're going to lead us in a song. Bless you guys. Stick around um, for tea and coffee afterwards. Make sure you get a free coffee if you're new to church. Remember, there's a new to church lunch. So um, come and grab one of our leaders and say, hey, I'd love to come to that next week. Um, bless you heaps. Thanks, Dave. Why don't we give him a round of applause? Awesome. Let's finish with a song.